Welcome to the West Point Church Podcast. Here you can find past and future messages. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates as soon as those sermons are posted. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have a good week. Well, how are you doing this morning? Uh, we are in the middle of a five-week series on generosity, and this has been so much fun so far. Um, I This is something, I, I preach on generosity at least once a year. Usually it's just one week or two weeks. This year we went, we went big for five weeks because, frankly, we have some, some big dreams yet to fulfill this year. Um, and so we're so excited about that. And, and before I jump into the message this morning, I just want to invite you to come tonight to our Unite Prayer service. Um, one of the things that we, we set this time aside for this purpose uh, a number of months ago, early on in the year, um, to talk about uh, a commitment that, that we've made to, to partner with the church in Tanzania uh, and what they're doing right now and helping them build a Bible school. And uh, tonight I'm going to be sharing a little bit. I was there last, last year. It was an incredible experience. I was there in December of 2018 and uh, got to see this Bible college, got to see what, what God is doing in this country, and it's unbelievable. So I'm going to be showing some, some pictures and some video that, that we took there and then give you an update on some of the new things that are happening there. Uh, we want to help them finish out this, this project that they're doing. Uh, we've, we've made a, a faith commitment of $15,000 to them, and uh, we want to see that fulfilled this year. And it's, it's a big dream, and it's, but we're excited about it because this is, this is an incredible thing that's got, that God is doing. And so I want you to come tonight, hear a little bit about that, and then we're going to spend some time praying for the church there. Uh, God is doing some incredible things, and he's put some even bigger dreams in their heart for the next phase of, of the plan that they have. And, and so I'm going to share that with you tonight. We're going to pray for them. We're going to spend some time praying for each other as well praying for any needs. If, if you need prayer, this is a great opportunity for that. If you just want to spend some time in God's presence, come and, and worship with us. We'll, we'll do a time of, of worship, a time of sharing, time of prayer. It's going to be awesome. So be here tonight, six o'clock. Child care is provided if you have kids, so come and, and have a good time. All right. I've got a joke this morning. I got a joke this morning, uh, and you know, I know you know this about me, but I always strive to find jokes with really good theology, right? You guys are laughing. Uh, today, this, this one is theologically sound, I, I guarantee that, all right? Um, in surgery for a heart attack, a middle-aged woman has a vision of God by her bedside. Will I die, she asks. God says, no, you have 30 more years to live. With 30 years to look forward to, she decides to make the best of it. So since she's in the hospital, she gets liposuction, a tummy tuck, hair transplants, and collagen injections in her lips. She looks great, and the day that she's discharged, she exits the hospital with a swagger, crosses the street, and is immediately hit by an ambulance and killed. Up in heaven, she sees God. You said I had 30 more years to live, she complains. That's true, says God. So what happens? What happens, she asked. God shrugs. I didn't recognize you. <laughs> like I said, theologically sound jokes <laughs> here at West Point Church. <laughs> 
Well, uh, as as I um, mentioned uh, uh, earlier, we are on this in this series on generosity, week three, and uh, I, I want to make this statement as we jump into Exodus chapter thirteen. If you have a Bible and you want to turn there, uh, that's going to be kind of the key passage that we're going to look at today. We'll have it on the screen as well. But I want to make this statement as you're as you're finding this passage, and, and that's that if God is first in your life then everything else will come into order. Okay, I'm going to say that again so that we understand this completely because this right here is the most critical principle. If, if you understand this, it will help every part of your life that if God comes first in every part of your life, then everything else will fall into order. So if you feel this morning like you're in chaos... I think maybe one of the things that you should consider doing is, is ask the question, is God really in the first place of my life? Is he the first thing I consider as I make my priorities, as I determine what's important to me? And, and we're going to talk about how that relates to generosity and giving, but really that principle applies across the board in our faith journey. If we keep God first, then everything else falls into place. All right, Exodus chapter 13, verse 2. And this might seem like a weird passage of Scripture this morning, but I think we'll, we'll unpack it as we go. All right, so we're going to start at verse 2. It says, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and beast, is mine. And then we're going to jump down to verse 12 as, as he continues talking about this. He says, you shall set apart to the Lord all that opens, that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. And every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with the lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. And every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. All right, so there are, there are a few things in this passage that, that teach us some principles about how the way that God works. Now, obviously, um, we don't have to offer sacrifices anymore. And so, like, that idea of, like, offering animal sacrifices that has gone, Jesus kind of released us from that, uh, that principle. Uh, we, most of us aren't herding cattle anyway in our backyard, so that doesn't, that doesn't you know, necessarily mean a lot to us. But this principle of putting God first is something that carries on and is shown throughout Scripture. And so I want to just share three ideas this morning. And the first one is that the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. All right, so we read in verse 13, if, the, if it's the firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem it with a lamb. Well, you might ask, why is that? Why don't you just give the firstborn of the donkey? Well, a donkey is considered an unclean animal in Hebrew law, right? So it's an unclean animal, and a lamb is considered a clean animal. And so in order to keep that donkey and make it worthwhile, you have to redeem it by offering a clean animal in its place. 
Now, I want to ask you a question this morning. Were you born clean or unclean? You were born unclean, right? We can see this. We can observe this in, like, if we were to go back to the nursery right now, we would, we would easily be able to see that, that none of us had to teach our kids how to behave badly, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about, okay? Some of you are like, yes, that's me right now. I'm there. I can testify to it. I do not have to teach my kid how to do the wrong thing. They figure that out all of their own, right? Because we're born with that sinful nature. We're born broken. We're born unclean. And in order for us to be made clean, to be made righteous, to be made whole, we needed a sacrifice in our place. We needed to be redeemed. You know, the Bible calls Jesus the Lamb of God, right? He was offered as a sacrifice for us. He was broken for us so that we could be redeemed. A clean person, Jesus was the only person who was born clean, who lived a sinless life, offered himself as a sacrifice on our behalf, so this isn't just a financial principle this morning. We're not just talking about what comes out of your wallet. Like Jesus was actually the sacrifice on our behalf. God offered his firstborn to be the sacrifice that redeemed all of mankind. In fact, the, the author of Hebrews says it this way, that, that Jesus was sacrificed once and for all. Right? One sacrifice for all of mankind. He was our redemption. He paid the price. He was the perfect sacrifice on our behalf. And what's incredible is God sowed his son to reap more sons. Right? He offered his son so that we could be called children of God. It's an incredible truth. It's an incredible thing. I'm getting excited just talking about it right now because what Jesus offered for us is such an incredible gift. It's such an incredible sacrifice. He gave his life for us. And I want us to understand something that when we're talking about tithing and, and as we apply this principle here, it's not the 10% that enacts the blessing. It's the act of faith that it takes in giving the first that enacts the blessing. When you are committed to Christ and committed to God and faithful to him and you trust him enough to say, okay, God, I want to give you not just 10%, but the first, then God honors that. In fact, he even says, test me, like, like we talked about last week. Test me in this. See if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven for you. When you give the first to God, the rest is redeemed. Okay, so the first one is the firstborn must be sacrificed to redeem. The second thing is that the first fruits must be offered as well. Now here's, here's a verse in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Here's what it says. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty 
and your vats will be bursting with wine. Okay, now we've talked about this before. Uh, the tithe, the, the, the idea of tithing is a principle, not just a law. Okay, this isn't part of the law. This was written uh, by Solomon, right? So he's, he's giving wisdom. That's what the Proverbs are. They're wise sayings. They're, they're things that will help you in your daily life. And so he's saying, here's a good principle. If you're faithful in tithing what, what I've given you, then I will be faithful to you in return. All right, here's another verse in Exodus chapter 23. And, and this is really important. It says, the best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. And then it goes on to say, you shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Okay, we'll remember that for the church potluck. All right, we're not going to talk about that part today. We're going to focus on this first part. It says, the best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord. So you have two choices, according to Scripture, into what you do with what God has given to you. You can either bring it or you can steal it. Now that might sound blunt, but that's what God's word says, right? That's what he says in Malachi, you rob me by not bringing your tithes and offerings, right? It takes faith to believe that the 90% will go further than the 100%. Takes a lot of faith in God to take that step, to take that, that belief. When you believe that it's true, then you not only bring what's necessary, but you bring the best. And the best is the first. Has anybody ever wondered, you, you heard the story of Cain and Abel, right? Cain and Abel, the two brothers, the sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel offers sacrifices to God. God accepts Abel's sacrifice, rejects Cain's sacrifice. And then Cain ends up becoming jealous, murdering his brother. First murder in the Bible, right? And uh, we listen to that story. We hear that story. Has anybody ever wondered before, why is it that God accepted Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's? So the Bible talks about, like, you know, giving of the first fruits of your grain, right? And giving of the first fruits of your, your livestock as well. So, like, both are honorable things. Both are pleasing to God. So why did God reject Cain's sacrifice? Was it because it was an animal and versus a, a, a plant? Or, or what, what is the deal here, right? So let's, let's actually read what it says in Genesis chapter 4. In the course of time... Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Now notice the contrast between these verses. Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain, his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. Now, this is a little bit of speculation on my part, but if you contrast those two verses in the two ways that they're describing 
what Cain brought and what Abel brought. And you say, what's the difference? Well, Cain brought an offering to the Lord, but Abel brought the first. And maybe that has something to do with it, that it wasn't about what they brought, but it was about what was in their heart. You know, God cares more about your heart, far more about your heart than what you can do for him. He doesn't need you and what you have to offer to accomplish his purpose, but he loves you and he wants your heart. We've said it from the beginning. God cares about, God wants your wallet, but not because he needs your money, right? It's because your wallet is attached to your heart and he wants your heart. So as we look at that passage and you see the contrast there, maybe it had to do with what was the way it was offered, not what was necessarily offered. You know, there are things in the Bible um, that, that tell us about God and his character, um, and, and there are actually things that God cannot do. Did you know that? In fact, uh, we talked about one of them a couple weeks ago, and we said that uh, he says, I'm the Lord, I do not change, right? His character is immutable. He stays the same. He doesn't change. He doesn't shift based on circumstances. Like, like we change from five minutes to five minutes, right? Um, maybe it's a rush of hormones, or maybe it's just situations that are going on in our lives, or maybe it's just one of our kids is being really obnoxious, and our, our mood can change just like that, right? But God doesn't change. His nature doesn't change. He can't change. That's, that's who he is. He's immutable, Right? But in addition to that, um, God can't think like we do. And you might think, well, that's kind of arrogant. Like, you know, yeah, I think God could think the way that we think. But, but here's the thing think about it this way. We believe that God is omniscient, right? That He's all knowing, that He knows everything that was, He knows everything that is, and He knows everything that is to come. So if we believe that about God, we believe that He's all knowing then he can't think like we do because he doesn't have any light bulb moments, right? God's never been up in heaven and sitting there and he's like, oh, I never thought of it that way before. No, he already knew everything beforehand. He can't have those. We think in order to figure things out, God's already figured it all out, right? So God can't think the way that we do. In fact, Isaiah says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, right? As high as the heaven is above the earth, that's how much higher my thoughts are than your thoughts, okay? So God can't change. God can't think like we do. Here's another thing. God can't be second. How many of you wish the Vikings couldn't be second, okay? <laughs> uh, we have finished second in a lot of football games. In fact, I would argue that finishing second is worse than finishing last in some instances, in some ways, because it's like you're so close. Now, I have this weird habit. I'm a, I'm a huge English soccer fan, okay? 
Uh, they would call it football, but we'll call it soccer here so you all know what I'm talking about, all right? And, and I'm a, a huge fan of Liverpool Football Club. In fact, uh, last night, uh, we had the church work day in the morning. Liverpool was playing in the morning, so I, I watched it on delay uh, last yesterday afternoon, turned the game on, and um, we it was a crazy game. We got down a goal early, and in the last, like... There's 90 minutes in a soccer game, and then they add time at the end. So it would have been the 94th minute they scored the winning goal, and it was incredible. And I was, like, screaming and cheering, and my kids were looking at me like I'm weird. Um, and, and, you know, Liverpool have not won the, league, the, the English Premier League since its inception. It's been 30 years since since we've won the league. That was before the Premier League even existed. Last year, we scored the third most points in the league's history and finished second. Now, I will tell you, I want that win so badly because there's nothing worse than finishing second. Well, our God, he doesn't do second, right? He only does first. And so he expects of us, his kids, to give him our first as well. That's why it's always the first fruits. That's why it's always the firstborn, right? It's not just that we give, it's that we give first. Um, now, you can tell me that God is first in your life. But if I open up your bank account, would that prove that to be true? The last thing is that the tithe must be first. Leviticus 27.30 says it this way, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. We, we talked about that word holy before. That means set apart. right? So the tithe is set apart. Even before you have it, it was set apart by God for him. You know, it's it, like I said, it's not, it's not about what you give. It's about the heart behind it that's important. Uh, Laura and I, we work some weird jobs that don't pay on a regular basis, and we don't exactly know when it's going to come. And sometimes it just shows up in the account, and we don't even know it's there necessarily that day. And, but in our minds and in our hearts, that tithe is already gone. You know, even before it arrives, uh, with with my job as a pastor here, I tied to the to the district office, and that's on auto payment. You know, it, it's gone before it even gets there, right? Because that's a commitment that that we've made. It's it's the first, right? It's it's the priority, and everything else falls after that. Um, I want to read one more passage of scripture and give you one more illustration as, as we close this morning. 
We're going to go back to Exodus 13 and continue reading in verse 14. We stopped at 13 before. I love this part. It says, when in time to come, your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord has brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to go, the Lord killed all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. Now, you can imagine this playing out as, as God told him. He said, one day, time will come and your son will ask you, what does this mean? He'll come to you and say, hey, dad, we're, we're farmers and we've got animals here and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that we kill off the best of them. You know, the firstborn, like, why are we doing that? That doesn't make any sense. Well, son, let me tell you a story. You see, we weren't always farmers. We didn't always have our own land. We used to be slaves in Egypt. But God, in his love and in his mercy, came and rescued us and set us free. So out of gratitude for what he's done for us, now we give generously for him. I'm going to have Kayla come on up here. Kayla's my oldest. And... You know, what's crazy is 4,000 years after this passage of Scripture was written, I find myself teaching these very same principles. We, Kayla, last year, started to learn multiplication, right? You're in third grade, and you started to learn your multiplication tables, and I thought, it's time we talk about tithing. So, Kayla, I want you to tell people what you do when you figure out how much you should tithe. Um, I move the decimal, so like if I get $10, then um, I would give um, $1 to BGMC. Yeah, isn't that cool? So you just, you just take it and you move the decimal over, right? We can handle that, right? So like you said, if you get $10, you give $1 to BGMC. What if you were to get $25? What would you give? $2.50. That's, that's pretty good. Okay. Now... Every month, you get a card from your grandma, right? And how much do you get in that card? $9. Why $9? Because I'm nine years old. Okay, so she gets $9 a month from grandma. How much do you put in your BGMC offering? Well, I just put one, um, $1 because it, I just round up. Yeah, not that awesome? Today is BGMC Sunday, right? And uh, how much did you have in your, in your buddy barrel this month? $10. $10. Wait a second. You only get $9 a month. How did that work? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. You got something? I, um, I watched my sister one morning when my dad was gone, and he gave me $10, and I gave $5 to BGMC. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Even 
as a nine-year-old, right, the principal stands, right? She gets $9 a month and she's giving $10 away. God has honored that, right? It's, it's his faithfulness. That's the way that, that, that he wants to honor us. We give, we, we talked about this from week one. We don't give to get. So we don't give to receive so that we can pad our banking account. We give so that we can give. All right, thanks, Kayla. Can we give her a hand? Second service doesn't get that because she's going to be in kids' church. You guys are special this morning. You know, I remember as a kid seeing checks on our, our bulletin board and asking my mom that very question. Like, mom, what are, what are those checks on the bulletin board for? Well, that's, that's our tithe. She would write out her tithe checks for the whole month, and then each week she would pull off the, the check for that week and bring it to church. That principle was ingrained in me. When your kids ask you that question, what are you teaching them? Are you teaching them those principles? Maybe the conversation goes like this. Well, Dad, why do you give? That seems like a lot of money. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I wasn't always such a great person. Done a lot of wrong things in my life. Been in a bad place. I didn't always have Jesus as my Savior. But God, in his love and his mercy, came and found me and rescued me. So I not only give, but I give generously and out of a heart of gratefulness. I give cheerfully because of what God has given me. I give him my first because he gave me his first. If this is a principle that God himself offered his first to us, how could we do anything less than give to him?